Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're tuning into another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. Today we have on fitness model, wellness coach, business mentor, pro figure competitor, cast member of the Fit to Fat to Fit show, and podcast host of the High Felicia podcast, the beautiful and badass Felicia Romero. How the hell are you? Hello. I am doing really well today. And we were just talking right before we jumped on and I'm literally coming back like five minutes ago, walking through the door, coming to my office. I'm coming from getting a brain mapping done. Um on my brain. And it's really interesting to see. I've been wanting to do this. It's so weird. I was like, I got brain mapping done, obviously on my brain, because it's already in the title. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like I'm really excited to see kind of what all the the brain waves mean and all of that and kind of have a baseline to see kind of how I can improve all of it in the coming months. So yeah, I'm coming straight from that. Nice. How's your brain looking? You know what? My brain isn't looking bad, but it's not great. And what it showed me is um, I have a little bit of anxiety. So like the alpha is showing kind of abnormal. And whenever it shows abnormal, it means I might be dealing with some anxious feelings. But I'm, you know, that's just me. I'm kind of an anxious person anyways. I've been that way ever since I was young. You know, whenever I remember in high school having to like breathe in a paper bag because I would stress myself out. Oh, wow. pretty intense. And over the years, it's been, there's times where it's like worse than others, but I would say, gosh, the last three or four years I've been able to manage it. Um, and then it also shows that I don't get good sleep, even though I thought I got good sleep. Um, and then it also shows that I lack a little bit of like an attention span. So I get very distracted easily. Um, so, and then my memory is sort of starting to decline a little bit. So, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to do it to kind of see where I'm at and using neurofeedback to improve my brain. So, yeah. You might have some symptoms of ADHD because a lot of people with that, like myself, they want to get everything done. And you're a Jill of all trades. I almost went out of breath naming all the things that you do. Yeah. So it makes sense. And maybe you're not sleeping well. Maybe you're tossing and turning, even though you think you're sleeping long. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I do know that I am a light sleeper. I can wake up very easily to like any sound. Um, and my dogs sleep with us. So like they move or they jump off the bed. I'm like instantly up and like take them out. So maybe that's it too. So yeah, we'll see. I'm glad we figured it out. We figured it out. We did it. We cracked the code here. <laughs> We're going to jump right into it. What does mental health mean to you? Huh, mental health. What does it mean to me? So having had bouts of mental health in the ways of depression and anxiety over the years, for me, mental health is honestly waking up without anxiety, without depression and truly feeling this content and happiness in your life. Um, and feeling good, not just saying I'm okay, but actually feeling okay. Because oftentimes we'll say, Hey, I'm fine, even though we're really not inside. And there, I spent many years in that that place of everything looks perfect from the outside, but underneath it's literally like, you you know, putting out all these fires in my head and in my body and in my life. So I think when that matches, when that aligns, I'm okay. And I feel good. And I actually am okay. And I feel good. I think that's, that's what mental health means to me. What makes you feel good? What makes me feel good? Yep. Ooh, what makes me feel good, honestly, is 
the, what I'm doing now, it's, it's having freedom. I love having time freedom. I love creating my own schedule. I love not being told what to do, when to do it. And I think that's why I'm an entrepreneur because I, I am that self-led woman, that self-led person. So that makes me feel good. It makes me feel good knowing that I can look at my schedule tomorrow and, oh, wow, I have some podcasts, I have a call. And then there's some days where I have nothing on the schedule and that feels good too. So I think being in control of, of the outcome of my life is what makes me feel good. That's going to be a great feeling being your own own boss. I would love to get there someday. Yeah, it is. And you know, I've been this way ever since I was young. So I, I was in college, went to Arizona State. And I remember I started training people like personal training people out of my garage in high in college because I had to have a flexible schedule in order to have all my classes and go to classes. And I was studying law at the time. And I was remember I was an intern at the House of Representatives. And I also interned at a like a big law office here in the Valley. And I think that's what turned me off to it because what I noticed, I'm a very observant person. And I'm also a feeler of energy. I don't know if I'm like some somewhat empathetic, but I just felt like no one was happy. Like everyone was stressed. No one was happy. Everyone was always like at odds, especially working at the political level. I have my bachelor's in political science. Nothing would ever get done. Like I just didn't like the energy that I felt there. And I remember graduating and writing my essay for law school, going down that road. And I was at a crossroads essentially. Like I could go down this route. I could keep following that path and, you know, um, you know, sign up for, you know, apply to law school and do all the things, or I could go this route. And I'd already started, you know, training people out of my home. And the hardest person to tell was my mom, because she, you know, coming from a Mexican household, firstborn, oldest, oldest child, female child, my mom put a lot of pressure on me to succeed. And in her head, you know, like, parents, especially, you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer, you have to have this title in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. And whoa, how how my my life has changed, or even my thought process towards college has changed over the years. Um, I'm so grateful for the degrees. I have a master's as well. Um, and I did that for my family. Um, but, you know, following my heart and my passion is what really led me down this life of doing what I'm doing now, but also the amazing opportunities that I know we're going to get into in this podcast today. It it has awarded me all of these opportunities all because of that one choice. And the choice was to follow what lit me up, to follow what was really fun and exciting and something I enjoyed versus something that someone wanted me to do or what I thought I needed to do. And that really all of those decisions has led to all of these amazing opportunities in my life that has really led me to this place that I'm at now. It's incredible. The list of stuff have you done? This is going to be a question that you might not even be able to answer. What is something that you haven't done yet that you want to do in life? Oh, well, I am currently doing it, but I am writing a book at the moment, um, hoping to have that done in the fall. Um, but something that I haven't done that I currently want to do. Ooh, I don't know. Cause it, it could be, it could be so many things. It could be if I wanted to like be, have it be, you know, in the business realm, or is it more personal, like yeah. learning the piano, which I am doing. Like I have a piano here and I hired a piano teacher in January and I can literally now read music and play songs. I'm not awesome but you can make out the tune that I'm playing. Um, so I don't know. That's a tough one. I feel like when I, I am a, a Gemini and I'm Enneagram three, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, still so like the moment I want to do something, I'm impulsive that way. 
I will literally learn what I need to learn or hire who I need to hire in order to learn the thing. So a couple things. I think you're an, a high key genius uh, with all this stuff that you're doing. Like, oh yeah, I just, I'm going to play the piano and learn it. I was just like, what? Yeah, I, was like, I literally bought this piano and I'm, I'm learning now. I've been learning since January. That is incredible. You're an incredible human. This is already great. And uh, I don't know much about astrology. I'm a Capricorn, but I know Capricorns and Geminis have a good friendship, I believe. Is that right? Oh, okay. Yeah. I have a great Capricorn friend. Um, she's one of my best friends. She's Capricorn. So yeah. Heck yeah. Another win for the Capricorns. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's talk about you being a pro figure competitor, which isn't probably easy to do. What's that like on your mind and body? Yeah. Okay. So to give the audience a little bit of context, um, I was a pro figure competitor. So if you were to kind of imagine in your brain right now, as you're listening to this, you know, think of like Arnold Schwarzenegger competing at the highest level. Um, now I wasn't a bodybuilder. So within, uh, within that federation, within that division, there are different divisions. There's fitness. So you see the women that are muscular, but they're doing the flips and they're dancing and they're doing like the, the splits and jumping in the air and so that's fitness. Then there's bikini, which is kind of like a really great in shape woman walking down the beach. Like that's bikini. And then I was figure. So for me, figure is, I characterize it as a beauty pageant with muscle. So I had like the shoulder development. I was very lean. I had a small waist, you know, kind of that tapered back, but, um, but it wasn't as muscular as like a bodybuilding. So yeah. So I competed at that level, the pro level for nine years. Oh. I remember I, I've always been a competitor. I've always been competitive with myself and with others. And so mainly myself, if I'm being honest. And so I remember I finished softball at Arizona state and I wanted to do something. I wanted to challenge myself. And I saw this sign in the gym, the coveted gold gym back in the day, like, Oh, okay. Like there's this competition coming. I remember trainers coming up to me saying, Oh, Felicia, you would be so great at that. You already sort of have that natural gymnast shape, you know, just like the rounded shoulders and the back. And you should totally do that. I was like, Oh my gosh, maybe I will. And I competed for my very first show in 2004. And then I competed two more times after that at the amateur level. And then I had won. I, I was getting first place at these events and literally didn't know how to pose. I remember like tapping the girl in front of me right before we're going to walk on stage. Like, what do I do out there? She's like, are you kidding me? Like you, there's a whole thing you got to do. And so that's just kind of how I roll. I'm just very like, I'm going to do it. I'm impulsive and I just do it. And so, um, so yeah, so I turned pro at my first national show. It was in Vegas and that was such a whirlwind. So that just doesn't happen. I attribute it to being in the right place at the right time. I also had a different look. So I had dark hair, dark skin, you know, ethnic, um, I'm, you know, Hispanic background where a lot of the women were like blonde hair, blue eyes. So I just stood out because I was different. And I think that's what helped me at that time because there wasn't a lot of variety and in that in that realm. And so, won that first national show and literally got pushed into magazines. So there was an editor and chief of uh, Muscle and Fitness, hers and Muscle and Fitness, there at the competition, and literally came up to me and said, "Hey, we would love to shoot you for a magazine." So like literally two weeks later, I'm flying out to LA and I'm shooting for a cover. So it's really this life of amazing opportunity. Yes. Yeah. But putting myself there, I put myself there. Now I never could have predicted that I, those would be all the outcomes. 
I did it without any sort of expectation of what was going to happen. I just did it because I wanted to and I enjoyed the process. And that led to opportunities. I, I opened myself up to these things coming to me. But um, but yeah, it's just right place, right time and and taking action on my goals and dreams. How was that? It's not easy to do that. It was like to get like in super shape. You were always like in shape because like you said, you played softball and everything. How was that like physically and mentally though? It was a whole nother level. I I grew up with never dieting. My mom never talked about I got to count my calories or I can't eat carbs. We never, we never talked about that in my household. We ate when we were hungry. We stopped when we were full, we were active kids. And so my first time um, dieting, it was like a whole new thing to me. I didn't know what restriction was, or I couldn't eat those things. And that's honestly the start of years of body dysmorphia and disordered eating because I never, I didn't even know what binge eating was until the first time I had binged eat is when I was competing for my very first show, dieting for it. And four weeks out, I ate a whole box of Cocoa Puffs cereal, like the whole box. And I never had done that before. I didn't even know what binge eating was. I'm like, oh my gosh, I literally just lost control. Like I didn't even recognize myself. I never had been through those emotions before. And that was the start of it. But yeah, that lifestyle, there's definitely a level of sacrifice that you have to do. And if you want that sort of, sort of body, you want that sort of leanness, that sort of like level of, of, of perfection with your body, there's a lot of sacrifice that comes with it. Now, what's your favorite workout? My favorite workout. Ooh, I love training legs. So anything leg related, just because the girls, they love to train their glutes and their legs. So yeah, anything having to do with lower body, I love. Now you help other people with uh, getting to their fitness goals. What do you, what do you like about helping other people to that? Mm, I think it's always, I'm a natural teacher, natural coach. Um, I even coach softball when I was in college as well. I would coach my high school team. I just, it's natural for me to want to help people with their goals. It just comes naturally for me. I, I realized that it came naturally, naturally to me when I was in my early twenties, wanting to help others. And it's just something that I just fell into that I just fell in love with. And honestly, over the years, I've always had clients in some capacity helping them towards goals, whether it be body goals, whether it be health goals, whether it be financial goals, whether it be business goals. I just love helping someone get from point A to point B. And it comes very naturally to me. Um, so I just, I lean in that. I lean into that. I think for a lot of people who are maybe stuck in life right now, they maybe haven't recognized, or maybe they do know the things that they're really good at or the things that they really enjoy. They just are stuck in something that they don't enjoy because of the income or because uh, they don't know how to get started in the other thing. And so for me, I've always leaned into what I love and what comes naturally to me. So yeah, that's why I love helping people. What has inspired you to be like that? Ooh, so I think it's a good mix of, of honestly, the nature versus nurture. I did a thesis on this when I was getting my master's and I love this topic of nature versus nurture because that has always fascinated me. Like what motivates people to do the things that they do? Like what is innately ingrained in them from baby, from, from the womb? And what is what is happening in nature, whether how they were raised, what they were reading, who they were hanging out with. And it's something that literally fascinates me, mainly because I have people in my family that, you know, are addicted to drugs and have never been able to 
break that addiction. And then I have some people in the family who were was addicted to drugs, but now they're clean and living a normal, you know, happy life. And so like what causes these two people who grew up the same, you know, same parents, same environment, you know, maybe three or four years apart to go down completely different paths. Right. And so like, I think for me that wanting to help people and wanting to do more in my life is always just naturally been in me. I've always wanted to do more. I've always wanted to compete, do the sports, be the best. Um, and then wanting to help people is something that I realized in my early adulthood is when I started and it just came naturally to me. It's almost like this leadership came through where I just kind of took charge in that. Um, but that's a great question. That's a great question because I often think about that. I think it's, it's such a fascinating topic of nature versus nurture, you know, of like what, like how these people can go down these different paths and make these different choices in life. Like how much is that in them and how much is it by the surroundings of, of, of who they are? You like to compete against yourself a lot, like you said, but who is someone that you look up to or someone that motivates you to keep on, keep on going? Oh, definitely. Definitely. My mom. My mom is someone that I've always seen, like at one point in our lives, being a young child, seeing her work two to three jobs and that I kind of grew up with this mindset, like you have to work. Um, I since have kind of, you know, changed that money mindset, but my mom, like I had seen how hard she worked for us. And honestly, I, at the end of the day, I always feel this sense of like wanting to make her proud which is why I think I continued to get my master's degree. I could have just not, I could have just continued and just got my bachelor's, but I do feel like I continued school because I wanted her to be proud, but I know that she also loves my daughter. Like she graduated from, you know, here, she got her master's from here. Oh, she's on the cover of a magazine. Like my mom is the first one who's like buying all the magazines at the grocery store. I remember she was telling me a story of she went to like a local grocery store when I was on the cover and she like bought all of them and she's checking out and she's just like telling like this is my daughter, you know, like this is my daughter. Like, so I think like naturally like deep inside of me, I just, I want that approval from her, but I also want to make her proud. So yeah, I would say my mom. Fantastic. Everyone, that's, you got a good mom. You got a great mom. She uh, yeah. created a great product in you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no problem. Um, so with uh, tips for losing weight, I know you're a wellness coach and you help people gain their goals. What are some obstacles that people have? Because I know it is frustrating and I know you got to keep with it, but is there anything else that people have trouble with? Yeah. I mean, like look at, like, if you were just to look at the American, you know, just American household, Americans nowadays, I, I want to say it's like one in three Americans are overweight or obese. It might even be higher now. I'm not sure of the statistics, but it's, it's up there. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that we don't have, you know, we, we have to get a lot into account. Obviously we can get into privilege. We can get into like what people have access to the foods people have access to. Um, and that's a whole nother route that we I don't necessarily want to get into. And we definitely can, but if we were to break it down, let's just, if we were to just break down mindset, I'd say for people when it comes to their health and their wellness and, and mindset, cause that's really like my passion is like figuring out the mind is most people go into any sort of like workout routine or wellness routine or diet. They label it as a diet and they either are all in or all out. 
there's like no in between. Like if you're listening to this right now and you are on a diet right now, or you're like, Oh, I got to get shredded for the summer. You're probably like, Oh, I got to cut out all carbs. I got to work out every day. I got to get up early. I got to do all the things. Like we think that we have to completely overhaul our life when in actuality, all we need are one to two small behavioral changes that can literally change the game in your health and wellness. Because when we try to do all the things, what ends up happening is the moment that you are off or the moment that you let yourself down or that you're not perfect. I mean, how many times, and maybe you can relate like, Oh, I'm going to eat healthy this week. I'm going to just do this. And then like Thursday comes around and you have a bowl of ice cream and you're like, well, I completely wasted this day. I'm just going to continue eating what I want the rest of the week. And Sunday I'll get back on track. I'll get you know Monday's coming back around and I'm going to get back on track, but you literally throw out, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like how many of us do that? Me, me. I think yeah. you're watching me this week. I, I've i been secretly spying on you and I sense. see what you do. So it's like, that is most people. And so if it's a seven day week in half of the week or three, you know, three days out of the four day week, we are just completely just binging. And what tends to happen too is when we restrict and then we do fall off, quote unquote, our diets. I'm using air quotes here because I don't like the word diet. Um, we tend to do more than what we normally would do. Like, so then we overeat to compensate for that restriction, but it's only because mentally we think, I mean, how many times, and this happens with everything. Okay. Let's talk about people who go in for gastric bypass surgery. They are like, I better just, you know, eat my last meal before I go in for surgery. And they just eat it up right before going into gastric bypass versus just simple lifestyle changes prior. It doesn't have to be this crazy thing. Like, you know, like, and the reason I bring up drugs is because I have drug addicts in my family, you know, before going into rehab, what do people do? They take all the drugs before going into rehab because they know I'm stopping the drug, right? It's like we live in this all in or all out type of life that there is no middle ground. There's no room for error, you know? So if we can just find that integration of life and find that middle ground and knowing that, hey, you can still, you know, have some healthy meals during the day. And if you feel like a cookie at dinner, I would rather you eat that cookie, get it out of your system, you know, have the, the craving, the desire versus white knuckling it through the week and eating 14 cookies on Friday. Cause that will do far more damage than just having the cookie that you wanted. Right. So yeah, that's what I see. I see a lot of that. So would that be the first step is not beating yourself up over it? Not beating yourself up and to know that you're not going to be perfect. Like your lifestyle, your wellness is not this all in or all out sort of thing. It's, it's really a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so I would say like biggest rule of thumb, if I had to give any advice for someone right now listening who struggles with their health or struggles with their, their weight is to stop focusing on the weight. Okay. Like completely get that out of your brain. Like, you know, you can, if you can't love yourself at a size 16, you're not going to love yourself at a size four. So like get rid of that mindset of like, I need to lose weight and just focus on two to three things each day, small things that are going to move the needle. That might be a 10 minute walk. It might be, oh, I'm going to up my water. I noticed that I only drink about eight ounces of water a day. Okay, I'm going to make a goal of drinking 50 ounces of water. Um, and it could be, okay, you know, I don't eat breakfast. You know, I should maybe eat breakfast. So I'm going to just prioritize breakfast. Nothing else changes. Now, if you notice, I didn't take anything away. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to omit all carbs. 
I'm going to make sure that I don't have any alcohol. I'm not going to have any sugar. Because I feel like when you restrict, you subconsciously set yourself up for failure. So then if we focus on adding to our day, adding to our life, the healthy components, that is far more better for you than thinking of only the restriction. So like, oh, I'm going to add more water into my day. I'm going to add some veggies with my dinner, Um, not necessarily focused on carbs or processed food, just, hey, I'm going to have veggies with dinner. I'm going to add a walk into my day versus constantly being in that state of restriction. And subconsciously, you're going to set yourself up to succeed when you do that. I like how you keep it simple. That's why I understand now why you don't like calling it a diet. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is really, it can be that simple. And if you try to follow something simply because you think it's going to allow you to lose weight, um, again, I've had, I remember having a client and we were on a discovery call and she's like, okay, I, you know, do you do keto diets? I was like, well, you know, if you're having carb sensitivities, you're having like reactions to carbs, we can take a look at that. But like, what is your motivation behind wanting to jump on keto? And this is a time where like people were doing keto. Well, my friend, she lost 25 pounds on keto and I really want to lose weight. And, and I was like, well, do you like carbs? She's like, oh my gosh, I love carbs. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I can do it. I'm like, well, (laughs) that's the first thing is like, you don't have to completely omit this whole food group in order to lose weight. Like just because this person and it worked for this person, she may, but the moment she jumps off that diet, gain all the weight back in them some, right? Or now she may has have now has now um developed a in like a poor relationship with carbs, you know, like right. you don't want that. So we 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 just I just ask questions and I get to the root of like why someone wants to do something and and we kind of just dissect it that way. But Yes, find something you enjoy and stick with it. What do you, what do you are you for or against pre-workout? Cuz I feel like some people are against it. Are you for that? Mm-hmm. I would assume yes or no. I would say it depends on the person. I would yeah. say pre-workout's great if you love like the extra, you know, if you like um depending on what the ingredients are with that pre-workout, some have stimulants, some don't. Um but I would say it's it dependent on your goal. So whatever your goal is and if you feel like you want to incorporate some pre-workout, awesome. You know, if your goal is to build some some muscle and I would say, "Hey, yeah, let's take a pre-workout and like add some creatine and take some whey protein." Like, yeah, like we can do that. So I think it all comes down to what are your goals specifically? And do you feel like it helps you? You know, so that's going to be kind of a case by case um, scenario on whether that's great or not. Um, I personally, I, I take pre-workout not every day. And some days I'm like, oh, I'm going to take this pre-workout because I want to push a little harder or, oh, I know that we're training. I do, I do a little like fitness class down the street. I know we're doing like a Metcon or something high intensity. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know, make some pre-workout in my water to push a little harder. So I guess it just depends on you and your goals. Besides working out and staying healthy, is there anything else that you keep your mind healthy with? Mm, yeah, I definitely, I love, so I do two things. I read books. Absolutely. So you see my little like, book collection here, <laughs> but I also listen to the audible because I had read somewhere or listened somewhere where if you read the book, but you also listen to the audible, you'll retain it more. So if there's a book <clears throat> that has a lot of tangible things, like things that I really want to like in, ingrain in my brain. I will do both. I will listen to it and I will also read it um, because I do notice that when I do read, depending on the setting where I'm at, I'll start to get a little sleepy when I read. 
Um, so that's why I do like to have the earbuds and I, I listen to the audibles or podcasts. Um, but yeah, I keep myself healthy that way. And honestly, I know that I, you know, we talked about business a little bit and we talked about working hard. I do make sure that I prioritize that down period, that downtime, um, whether it's binge watching a show on Netflix, whether it's, you know, taking a nap, whether it's going and getting a massage, playing the piano, the self-care and the rest time is going to be just as important as the time that you work. Um, so that's one thing that I do make sure I keep in is, and you know, if my, if I look at my schedule during the week and it is just all lit up with like all my times taken, that gives me anxiety. Like I know that I need some like periods of time where there's buffer times in there where I can just like sit and relax for a little bit. You know, um, I also love days where I have nothing on the schedule. Um, and so I make sure I have a couple of those days a week where there's literally nothing to do. Um, and I get to, to do whatever I want that day. Um, but yeah, that's super important. What book would you recommend to somebody? Ooh, um, I love the big leap. I hundred percent recommend that book to anyone starting out in anything. Um, the big leap is something that allows you to really figure out what we talked about earlier, literally creating your life by design and not by default. Creating a life by design is you get to make the choice on how you want your day in life to run. And living by default is just kind of going through the motions of what you think life should be. Like you're at the job, the same job, and you're there and you're thinking about other things because you're not happy. You know, it's like you can design your life, but it all just, it's, it's choices that we get to make. Right. And so the big leap, I send that to all of my clients. It's an amazing book. Um, I also love another book. I don't know if you're allowed to cuss on this, but Rich is F. Um, yeah, Rich as Fuck. It's by Amanda Francis. Love the book. And it's really a money mindset book that is so essential for women reading, uh, listening right now. And it really, it, it explains not only wealth and like wanting to make more money, but it's more than the money. It's like what money allows us to do. It's the choices that we get to make when we make more money. Um, and I just, I love all of the, the mental, the mindset stuff within that book too. Super, super good book. When you take care of yourself, do you go to therapy at all? Yeah, I do. How much do you recommend yeah, that for people? 100% recommend therapy. <laughs> therapy has not only helped, it helped my disordered eating. It helped me um, with issues that I had with my dad, like abandonment issues. I did EMDR, um, which is like um, a type of therapy. Um, I done couples therapy when my fiance and I were going through some things, um, still are sort of, but I think having a therapist, it, it's, it allows me sort of to, to have this, like, well, someone to talk to, I think is so important. Just even being heard oftentimes that, you know, I don't even want the answer. I just want to talk, you know, and having, you know, getting it out of your body. And the thing is, if you hold that stuff in, your body holds on to it. So you might start having back pain, neck pain, headaches, um, especially the areas in your back start hurting, like especially your upper back when you have um, like emotional blocks that you haven't been able to speak out to, to talk about, you know, and, and we, you know, I talk a lot about throat chakra. So we have your throat chakra here and this is where you get to speak your truth. So like, if you notice that you're not speaking your truth in your life, you're not speaking up, you're not communicating with your partner, you're holding it all in. You may notice 
thyroid issues. So you may start getting like, and your thyroid is located in your neck. You may also notice crackling in your voice. When you do speak, you may notice a lump in your throat. Um, you may notice that anytime you speak, you get very emotional. Um, and that's just, it's because you're not speaking your truth in your life, you know? So therapy is so important. It's a, it's, it's, it's therapy is therapeutic. It's allows us to get everything out that we're like, like festering inside of us. I just had therapy not too long ago and I totally forgot about it. And I got it at Trader Joe's in the parking lot. And I'm like crying in a Trader Joe's taking my therapy appointment because I refuse to miss it because you need it. The vent is like perfect. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but literally there was a time where every time I showed up for my therapy appointment, I sat in the chair or the couch or whatever. And I like the moment I started talking, I would just cry. Oh yeah. You know, it was like this release and, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I highly recommend therapy. Same. Yeah. Same. How was it being on the show fit to fat to fit? Can you explain that show a little bit? And what was it like? Yes. So reality show, so reality show fit to fat to fit to give the audience some context. I was on, um, a reality show on lifetime and it's crazy because it must be airing somewhere right now, maybe like the UK. Cause I keep getting all of these so it's a mix. I get mainly positive messages um, on Twitter or Instagram, but every once in a while, I would say one out of 20, it's a negative message. Like they call me names or like, I'm this horrible person. Um, and so I've been getting that recently, not negative, but just like, Hey, I saw you on the show or I'm, so it must be airing somewhere. Not yeah. sure where, um, but yeah, it aired in 2019 um, on Lifetime. And the premise of the show, I was on season two. So it was an eight month commitment. And so the premise of the show is I had to gain weight for my fam a family member. And then we had to lose weight together. So essentially, I had to put myself in the shoes of someone who struggles with their health and their body and their weight. And that happened to be my sister who was at the time 100 pounds overweight. So I had to put on a certain percentage of body body weight. And I also had to adopt all of her habits. So she sat at a desk all day and she also eats fast food a couple times a day. And so I had to do that too. And I had to document it and film it. And there was actually a film crew that flew out from LA that, that lived down the street from, from me. So we had like shooting times as well. Um, I also had to like, had a personal, uh, recorder that I would record my own stuff on my own. So yeah, it was, it was quite interesting, but, uh, so I gained about 30 pounds for the show. They wanted me to gain 40. It's really hard to put on that, that sort of weight in that amount of time. It was a lot of eating and I was starting to get kind of sick from like the over excess yeah. of food. And then we had to lose it together. So my sister got to lose it the whole time. So for eight months, she lost about 80 pounds. Awesome. And um, I, I lost all the weight. Um, and then we lost weight together. But I still remember I did lose the weight on the scale. But my skin was different. Um, so like it was just... I, I had more body fat. So I had lost a significant amount of muscle. And um, I had a, like a higher body fat, even though I had lost the weight. So yeah, it was... Definitely a crazy experience. A lot of people have trouble getting back on track. How did you get back on track? Would you sign a, like a contract? They're like, no, you got to get back fit again. That was the hardest. So I thought it was going to be super easy. Like, okay, four months to gain the weight. And then when they gave me the green light to lose the weight, that was in another four months. And I was like, yeah, I'm so excited to like 
you know, have the four months to lose the weight. And I will be completely honest when they gave me the green light to say, okay, Felicia, now you got to flip the switch. You're back to your old self. You got to lose the weight. Um, your 30 pounds that you put on. And that was so hard. I remember specifically this one story. Like I remember getting the green light, you know, it was like on a Monday or whatever. And okay, now we have four months to lose the weight. And I remember I didn't officially start until two weeks after they gave me the green light. I would, I would drive home from my gym as I owned a gym at that time. And I was literally like, I gotta have McDonald's one more time. Like every day was like just one more day. And I would pull over, I'd go in the McDonald's and I would have, you know, their a Whopper or fries, shake. And I, I had the hardest time stopping. I really did. And then also too, getting motivated again. I just wanted to sit on the couch. I literally, when I would get home, I didn't want to do anything. I was unmotivated on the weekends. I just wanted to sit and watch TV every day, all day. I wanted to just veg on the couch, do nothing, unmotivated. I felt heavy, but it's not even, it's, it's like the mental part of it. You know, when you get in that comfortable state to actually push yourself in a bigger body it's really hard. So like, if you were to take me, I have a a sports background, fitness background. So of course I was able to sort of like get myself out of it, but imagine someone who never had that background. Imagine someone who never has had fitness as part of their life or were active as, as kids. Imagine them as adults struggling. They're overweight, their body hurts, their joints probably hurt. And then to tell them that they have to do this strenuous 30 minute workout that hurts of course, people are going to give up after a couple of days. They're going to be like, this, screw this. My body's hurting. Yeah. So it allowed me to understand that. It allowed me to, to understand like, wow, my sister being a hundred pounds overweight, it even hurts to walk on the treadmill because her legs or her feet, it's like that. So I don't take that lightly. So it really put a lot of things into perspective on not even just you know, saying, Hey, if you're feeling, if you're feeling depressed or sad, go take a walk or go exercise. It's going to help you. Like it's so much more than that. It's so much more than just simply going out for a walk. Right. There's like so much subconsciously that comes in with that. So yeah, it was quite the experience and I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I put myself, I would never do it again (laughs) to be completely honest, but I am glad that I did it. And I put myself in the shoes of someone who struggles. Um, and, you know, have that sort of like sympathy because now I'm in the shoes. I'm, I'm allowed, I'm experiencing that, that sort of, you know, whatever that may be. And so it was really interesting. Yeah. I can't say I would do it again. Right. So food, food addiction is real. Like they put drugs in like that fast food meals. I'm like, okay, let me. Uh... It is real every day. You know how hard it was. It took me two whole weeks to stop eating fast food. It's like the salt and mm way it would make you feel like you could it's yeah it's for sure it's it's definitely uh, food addiction is absolutely real for sure it it really is all right let's switch over Mm -hmm. to uh hi felicia uh the great name for a podcast by the way what is uh what is that all about yeah so i actually rebranded it last year it used to be called the diet dropout um so when i started my podcast in february 
2019, I had, I was still like really into fitness and I really wanted, I I knew I wanted to niche a little bit. So I wanted to be really more like health and wellness related. Um, but last year I had really gone through this shift where I wanted to rebrand. And so, um, it was fun. It was fun going through a rebrand. So hi Felicia came sort of because everywhere I go like, Oh, bye Felicia. Do you always get that? So hi Felicia just naturally came and I, it's, it's a lot more broad now with, you know, empowerment, relationships, um, women in business. And then, you know, I I talk about a lot of other stuff. Like I had this month has been kind of a theme of, of what like sex coaches and relationships. So I've had women on talking about, you know, how to revamp a sexless marriage and women have just been loving those sorts of episodes. But, um, but yeah, I love it because now I don't feel so pigeonholed in like the title of diet dropout. It allows me to expand and just have more conversations with interesting people. So yeah. Is that why you you love podcasting? Just talking to interesting people. I love it. I've been doing it now for three years. I have a hundred and seventy nine episodes now, and it is so fun. It is such a fun platform. I love having conversations. I love. I get so lit up by just learning new things, meeting new people. Just even in that space, it's allowed me to collaborate with other women. You know, when we really hit it off, we're like, oh, we should do something. It's allowed opportunities. Like it's opened up doors for speaking opportunities. Um, So yeah, I love it. I really love the podcasting space. Do you got merch yet? No merch. No, but I do have like some uh, sponsors for the podcast. So I am, you know, making some money from the podcast. Not that that was my intention. I didn't actually pick up my first sponsor until probably a good year, year and a half in. Um, But yeah, no merch though. No merch. You got to sell a t-shirt. I can picture it right now. It has like the cursive and just says, hi, Felicia on it. I feel like that's (laughs) so simple and perfect. Yeah, I know. I need to get on that for sure. You do. Um, Luna True. What is Luna True? Luna True Nutrition is a supplement line I came out with earlier this year. And there's three products. So there's a gut health product, there's a stress relief product, and then there's a pre-workout. And you mentioned pre-workout. So um, it's, it's, they're all supplements that I would use that I still use that I am using. And when I put it together, because, you know, I had to kind of create like the raw material and bring it all together. I am such a proponent of gut health. Um, gut health, gut is your second brain. So if your gut is not healthy, it's going to affect so many other things, um, including your brain and your health and decisions you make and your emotions and everything. So big proponent of gut health and um, stress relief formula has everything holistic to help you deal with stress. It's actually called chill out. And it helps with anxiety because of my belts of anxiety and what I deal with. So has like vitamin B. Um, so what happens is when you are in a stressful state or you have anxiety, it depletes all of your B vitamins, which then leaves you very fatigued. So if you notice that you, whenever you get stressed, you're also very tired and fatigued, or maybe you're in that like high, you know, high frequency of like always going, always moving kind of in that high stress state. And then you notice that you're wanting to just crash at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's you could, cause you're depleted also in B vitamins. So it has the B vitamins, ashwagandha, which helps with mental health and brain health and depression and all of that. And then um, rhodiola, L-theanine. So all the things that really combat stress and anxiety. Where can people yeah. find this? The website, lunatruenutrition.com. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, now, where can yeah. people find you on the internet? 
So I hang out. Um, I am on all the platforms, but I hang out most on Instagram. So you can follow me on Instagram. I'm I do a lot of, I mean, I do a lot on Instagram. I'm always in the DMs. I'm very accessible. Uh, I give a lot. So I, I like to give value, but I also like to just have conversations, just genuine conversations. And social media has been this amazing tool that has allowed people to connect in ways that they would have never connected before. And I know social media sometimes gets a bad rap because you know there is a lot of negative out there too, but I truly believe you get what you focus on. So if you focus on the negative, if you only see the arguments and the polarity and the the negative, it's then you're going to you're going to if you only focus on that, then you're going to see it. So I don't focus on that. I focus on the negative. I focus on bringing, you know, pause I focus on the positive. I focus on bringing the positive to light and that's what I see with it. And that's my experience with social media. Um so yeah, and I just love having this tool that allows me to make money from my phone, but it also also allows me to connect with amazing people. So um, it's really exciting. Yeah. I just caught a follow. So I'm under the amazing people, right? Yes, for sure. Yes. hundred percent. I was about to lose it. Um, (laughs) All right. Now let's go back to real quick because I like to end with this. So we're going to, we're going to picture you as a pro figure competitor theme song. What would you come out? What would your personal theme song play if they have a, said your name felicia romero boom what what plays the first song that came to mind um is the Katy perry song roar and i don't know if you're if you know that song or remember it but it's like so good so perfect it's like just this powerful like just empowered song so probably Katy perry's roar that's a great one and now let's end with this what are three things that you're grateful for today Three things I'm grateful for today. I would say, well, 100% my health, mental health specifically. So again, being able to wake up and you know live a life by design. Number two, I'm grateful for my animals that are in the next room. I just, I love, they bring this sort of peace to me that being home and being with them. I just, I, I love that feeling. And then I'm also grateful for, I'm grateful for my warm bed. Love my bed. Yes. I love my bed. I I was going to say family and obviously that, but I wanted to go a little bit different because I think family is kind of a given, you know, like one's family. So yeah, I mean, having a warm bed and having some, somewhere that you feel safe is, I don't take that lightly at all. And you already picked your mom as a motivator. So we already knew that. But another thing real quick, you say animals and you don't say what their names are and what type of animals they are. So Oh my gosh, two rescue doggies, two rescue dogs. So Fiona is like a little Chihuahua Terrier mix. And then Cosmo, funny story about him. So Cosmo is like my boy. He's 12 years old. He, I got him. He was a rescue. He's found uh, like near a freeway um, as a puppy. And so my friend called me. She knew that I would take him in and I did. Um, He's 12 years old. He's been through like five or six moves. He's been through like five or six relationships. He has been through it all with me. And I named him Cosmo. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Love Seinfeld. Like I will beat anyone at Seinfeld trivia. And when I first got him as a puppy, he, so I, I remember what the house that I was living in at the time when he was a puppy, all hardwood floors. So he would run around and like slip, like whenever, so whenever Kramer would come into Jerry's 
uh, apartment, he came in like all crazy and he always was just like falling and, you know, falling over and kind of just crazy and goofy. And, and also Cosmo has really curly hair because he's a poodle mix. So I didn't want to name him Kramer because he just didn't look like a Kramer is too cute for Kramer. And right. so Kramer's real name is Cosmo. Um, and if you are a true Seinfeld fan, you know that. And so Cosmo, it, it was. I love it. I didn't want to skip over that. I was like, hold up. I want to know what these animals are and what their names are. I love it. Um, yeah. Felicia, I'm very like, I'm glad we met. I'm very astounded, like a, like stunned of like what you do in life. It is great. I hopefully you recognize that uh, how great of a person you are helping other people, learning to play the piano, reading books, learning, getting bachelors and masters. Like you're, you're unstoppable. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you nope. so much. No problem. Everybody, Felicia Romero, don't forget to check out Luna True. Hi, Felicia Podcast. Go say hi to her on Instagram. Felicia, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. It was a real, it was real fun. Of course. I loved it. Thank you so much. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.